What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say less. So, yes, welcome back to another episode of the CJR Media Reviews Podcast. I am CJ Ramos. I'm just going to go by that because it's a lot easier to remember than say my full name. And I know people see like, why did you use this name or that name? I think abbreviations just make things a lot easier. Anyways, I'm back at it with, again, with a different type of review. This is actually not a review. This is actually my personal opinion on the upcoming streaming wars. We are currently dealing with a streaming battle among many of the blue chip you know, top-tier companies that run the globe in the realm of entertainment media. Currently, we're dealing dealing with a a fallout from um, Disney leaving the Netflix universe and spreading into its own uh, app of its own with Disney+. Plus. I recently just got Disney+, Plus a couple days after it came out. I was a little hesitant at first because I didn't know if I wanted to get it so soon or wait till they drop another, you know library later on but once i realized if i don't get this sooner sooner than i should especially if i'm doing reviews for shows i really need to be on top of things and be in the current realm of pop culture i can't be behind everyone else because reviews are already going to be up even before the show airs and i don't have that industry inside you know login where i can see things before everybody else does so we are here and i think that today's episode we're going to focus on the streaming wars it is ridiculous because it is one of those things that i realized was not going to be a issue at first but now it's going to blow up and explode on everyone's faces let's take it into let's take it slowly what happened to start these so-called streaming wars back in the early 2000s there was only one real streaming app that wasn't even fully fleshed out, and it was called Netflix. I've been a Netflix subscriber since the beginning of its inception of its mailing thing in the early 2000s. I think it was 2010, 2009, or 2008, around that time that I joined in. Now, obviously, they were around before that, but they weren't really used to that extent at that point. So, when it blew up and became what it was that we now notice the streaming site... I think that was around 2011 or 2012 when it really, no, 2009 was when it really started taking uh, into a fold of becoming more of a streaming site. And back then, its library was essentially exclusive content and it had a lot of borrowed stuff. It was similar to what um, nowadays, what Hulu looks like. But due to the ever-growing industry and everyone wanting to make money off their own product, the streaming wars came into existence when Disney decided to pull out of Netflix's um, deal they had with their Marvel shows because they realized that they don't have full control of their Marvel shows if they ever want to cross those characters into movies. Where if they have their own platform, they can freely do that without any reason or any blue ta- any red tape because they are their own providers of that. So let's put it into perspective. Any character that was in the Netflix universe is under contract with Netflix till like at least three more years. That means you can't see Daredevil, any inception of Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, uh, Punisher, all those characters that actually were shown, Kingpin, all those characters were shown in that universe cannot appear within the MCU for three more years until the contract is up where Disney is able to pick up those characters, use those IPs into their universe. And from what I understand is another big reason I got this app 
was the sheer fact that the MCU's TV shows will be linked into the movies. So any show you will see on Disney Plus correlates to the actual live action films because they are putting high budget onto these shows and they're not giving you like low tier stuff like you'd see on, you know, regular ABC or even on CW Network for DC. You just are going to see high caliber stuff and it's going to be one of those things where it's just like you're either in or you're lost and I do not want to be lost in the shuffle. And as far as me, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm a huge fan of the MCU. So in order to stay current events with these uh with the universe, I got to stay with the platform and it just made sense to get Disney Plus. Plus Another good incentive was I already have a Hulu account, and one of the good things about that is I don't like spending a lot of money, and if you can bundle them together, that saves me lots of money that way, so it's a nice incentive, and I get an ESPN Plus out of it. I'm not going to use it much because I'm over more of a Bleacher Report guy, but I'm learning how to use it. The ESPN Plus app is very expensive, and it's not like your typical streaming app. There are shows you can stream that's like all the documentaries and all the shows they have. But at the same time, we're looking at also live sports that are currently happening globally at any time of day. So I can watch a UFC event that's headlining in Russia that would be like, um, let's say today at 2 in the afternoon. I don't know. Just say an example. Like uh, tomorrow, uh, let's say it's a Wednesday night. No, it's a, thir- it's a Friday night here. It's like, what, Saturday in Japan or something, whatever the hours are. So... Well, some people are sleeping or you can see a main event happening somewhere else in the world. And I think that's pretty cool. It's like you're not watching highlights. You're watching it live. So if you are home on a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and you have nothing to do, and or even a Thursday night because technically if there is a 24-hour difference, twenty so Thursday night could be Friday day elsewhere. If there's some sort of soccer match or some sort of boxing match or a, um, a MMA fight, you can catch it live and stay with that and that's pretty good for people that cover sports and media so here's my opinion if you are the average american which i'm pretty sure everyone is that for the most part i gotta give a shout out to my international viewers i didn't even know that i was getting viewers overseas but kind of ignorant in my part considering i'm putting this podcast on global platforms i just figured the reach wouldn't be so big so soon so I got to give a shout out to uh, my viewers in Malaysia, my viewers in Spain, uh, Canada, viewers in uh, Singapore, uh, Morocco, and also a couple other. I mean, every day I got different analytics, but it's just like crazy that people are literally listening to me globally. This uh, Puerto, Rican, Puerto Rican kid from uh, New England who's just sitting in his laptop trying to kill time. It's great to see uh, tumbling that I have viewers globally who are willing to hear my opinions on movies and films, entertainment in general. One of my highlighted podcasts that seems to be blowing up, and I'm pretty sure it makes sense why it's blowing up in Asia, is my um, One Piece um, movie review because anime is such a huge, it's niche in the States, but it's definitely huge globally. And One Piece in general is one of the most popular manga and anime, anime series in the world, so it makes perfect sense that it's like one of my top three reviews so now that i know that i know there's a need and want for anime reviews and i'm a big self-proclaimed otaku who loves to watch you know anime i grew up on it since i was a kid most of my friends did too so it's like it's just ingrained in our culture at this point i will probably do a couple more anime reviews coming up probably films that i have seen that came out last year 
I'll probably do the uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly review, and I'll probably also do the um, recent uh, My Hero Academia movie that came out. So stay tuned for something like that to happen. I don't know when, because I'm also the guy that draws the graphics for my own actual album covers, the podcast covers, so I like to take my time and draw high-quality pictures. I don't want to just put something out there for the sake of having uh, imagery. I want to make sure it actually looks good. Because I'm building a portfolio this way as well. So why not make, you know, it's a double flex right there. I'm the guy behind the scenes and the guy putting the artwork out. <laughs> so let's get back to the Streaming Wars debacle. Um, it is mind-boggling how every streaming app has either one or two shows that everyone has to see. And it's one of those things where like, oh, I can't afford them all at once. And I totally understand I personally right now am paying for it. I don't even know why. I have regular cable, but I come to realize with my package, it's cheaper to have cable with my internet than to have internet by itself. So why not just have cable for a few extra dollars and get a bunch of channels? It just makes perfect sense. So I have a pretty standard cable package. I disconnected the HBO option a while ago because after... Like most people, after Game of Thrones just died and just burned to a crisp. The last two seasons, oh my gosh, I wouldn't want to review that. It it, it kind of not left a bad taste in my mouth. It kind of let a taste of, okay, and then now what? I gave Westworld a shot, and it's one of those shows that's, I don't want to say polarizing because it's a pretty strong word, but it's definitely either you like it or you don't. There's no in-between. There's no... Um, it's not a high trending show that people talk about either you're into that kind of stuff or it's just not for you not that it's bad it's just very it seems very niche even though science fiction and westerns would seem to be the norm in American media in back in the old days I don't want to say it's dated it just seems like it's not everyone's cup of tea apparently which I'm baffled by because the casting is amazing you have these great actors that actually uh, bring their all in the show. Or maybe it's just the concept of the show is just so out there that people are just like, eh, I don't really know it's for me. And that's cool. It doesn't have to be for you. That's the one great thing about me. I do not care what you watch because I'm not here to sell you any show. I'm just here to inform you of what there is to see and what's out there. So we got ourselves a streaming war. So I had to make a list of top shows from every main streaming app that I can think of. Currently, I have the the big three. Well, the big three at the point before Disney Plus came out. Let's just say that. For Netflix, the ones that catch my attention that would be general shows that most people would watch. Uh, Mindhunters, Peaky Blinders, uh, Marianne, Alice Grace, The Haunting of Hill House, um, the Fall, The Crown, Dairy Girls, Tucker and Birdie that just got canceled, but that was a big one. Sex Education, Patrick Act, Patrick Act, Agretsuko, The End of the Explicit World. Explicit being a bad word. I don't want to say bad words in this one. This is going to be for more general publics, but you know the word. Um, what else do I have here in the list? Bojack Horseman, which I think was ending soon. Uh, documentary now and those are the pretty much the big ones that are on oh and um that are on netflix and all the big ones on hulu though you have shut eye 
Light as a Feather, The First, Into the Dark, Chance, The Path, Cats 22, The uh, Reincarnated Mindy Project, uh, Marvel's Runaway, Castle Rock, Future Man, The Handmaiden's Tale, how can I forget that one, The Act, Casual, Rami, and Harlots. For Amazon, the top shows there. Good Omens, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Fleabag, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Sneaky Pete, Goliath, Six Feet Under, Man Under, High Castle, The Americans, Homecoming, The Boys, and I toss in The Tick because I personally like The Tick. I don't know if it's a big show or not, but it's a known property, so I just figured this is the known property that I am currently looking for on Amazon. And that was the first show I actually watched on Amazon, believe it or not. It wasn't the best show ever, but it did its part. And now you have the Disney Plus app, and it is wild to me how, like, many shows and movies and it's very overwhelming because we take for granted or maybe we just don't understand how big disney's library is so i'm just going to tell you my watch list i'm not even going to tell you what is recommended this is what i'm currently watching and this is what i'm looking forward to on disney plus currently i have free solo from uh, national geographic on it uh the world according to jeff goldblum from natural geographic disney's mickey mouse the reincarnated cartoon I saw that on TV a while ago. I still like to see it. It looks funny. Uh, Disney's The Rocketeer, one of those deep cut superhero movies I have yet to see. That are, are Apparently it's very well known and very um, nostalgic for people who have watched it, but I didn't grow up watching it. There was a lot of stuff I didn't watch growing up because I was poor. Okay, so most movies I've seen were essentially old rentals from like West Coast videos, Blockbuster, and even the local library of my town. So I didn't see all the cool movies because it costed too much to rent them. And it just was more economical to rent movies from like smaller local uh, rental chains. Remember guys, we didn't have streaming options back even 10 years ago, let alone, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I was a child. So we take for granted how much, if you grew up in a middle class to upper middle class family, you watch a lot of this stuff. If you grew up, you know, in a poor neighborhood, you just watch what you're, what was there for you, what was available at the time, or whatever you saw in your friend's house. So, I do have a great nostalgia for a lot of things in the '90s, but it's mostly uh, TV shows more than movies because that's what's everyone is like equal level playing field. Everyone had at least basic cable, so you can watch something. But I didn't get cable, cable till like I was at least twelve or thirteen. So. Most of my upbringing was pretty much basic TV. So, I also have Darkwing Duck, because, you know, that was one of the best shows ever growing up. That was on ABC, I believe, as a, as a kid. Um, I've never got to see The Good Dinosaur by Pixar, but I heard there's mixed reviews about it. I just wanted to toss it in my list, because why not? It's there. Uh, believe it or not, I've never seen Ratatouille, and it's on my list. I know, shocker. Never seen Ratatouille. Again, 2007, I was in college. I don't think I was working then. I think I was still looking for a job. So money was scarce for movies. And sometimes you just miss out on certain films. And I'm one that likes to like either uh, sort of who likes to own Disney films. I just never got around to actually buying it. So I'm kind of excited to see that now as an adult. Maybe, again, you'll miss some things because they're older. but Or even catch things because, you know, a lot of jokes in these kids' movies tend to be for adults anyways. So I'm excited to see that. I got Brave, um, and this is a deep cut Disney uh, throwback, Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World, even Stevens, because nostalgia, 
And of course, I have to have Star Wars Rebels on there because I did watch Star Wars Rebels. I had Disney XD. Problem is, I watched it randomly. It never had a like a full marathon in sequential order. So now I'm kind of rewatching it in sequence so I can actually see it, you know, flesh out linear like a story would. And of course, the number one show on Disney Plus, The Mandalorian. I mean, that's going to get its own review. I'm not going to even talk about it. It's just an awesome show. Can't wait to see where it goes. Only two episodes in and I'm already geeking out. And this is the beginning of Disney. Like, their rollout is going to be nuts. They're going to have all the MCU TV shows like WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, She-Hulk. Uh, they're, they're, there's a whole lineup, a whole slate. The Hawkeye show, which... I'm surprised it's still in production considering all the things happening behind the scenes. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not one for gospel news, but it's still greenlit. So we'll see where that goes with Haley Steinfeld as uh, Hawkeye's daughter and the successor to, I guess, the new Hawkeye. I guess Maybe that's how they're going to play around this, kind of just dubbing her new, new Hawkeye for the new Avengers. But uh, this streaming wars business, it's going to be intense because now you have HBO Max. HBO Max, like... We thought Disney had a huge library, but here's the thing, people forget. Disney Plus said, we're not going to have adult stuff on Disney Plus. It is family geared. You will not see anything rated R on Disney Plus, right? That's why they have Hulu. That's why Hulu still exists. That's going to be their platform for all their adult content. All that stuff you can see that you're a grown person or even, you know, a young adult that would be too harsh for a kid's app that's going to be accessible for kids by, you know, you know, catered for kids. But here's the kicker. MCU movies are all PG-13. They're not PG. They swear in those films. There's violence. There's intense scenes of, of not gore, but the, if you've seen the last few MCU movies, they're kind of like going to the, uh, the edge there. And I want to know how they're going to pull off um, Deadpool 3. I mean, it's still going to be rated R. So I'm assuming that it won't be on Disney+, Plus, but it'll probably be on Hulu. So luckily, I have the bundle. So I think Hulu is going to be the creator for their, again, R-rated content. But here's the thing. I've seen Marvel's Runaway, or Hulu's Runaway. It's on Hulu. It's also on Disney+. Plus. And again... Runaways is a very PG-13, TV-14, whatever, show. It is, you know, scenes of sex, drugs, and rock and roll life. You know, like these kids are not like saints. It's not your typical Disney channel, like, you're watching Disney. Like, you know, it's it's going there. Even though it's not, like, that tremendously strong, it's there. So I'm, I'm waiting to see how this whole Disney Plus Hulu merger works out. Like, will Hulu eventually just become you know, Disney, Disney after dark, <laughs> I guess so, I mean, we'll wait and see if that's, that's what the future holds for it, or maybe it gets, like, absorbed and becomes part, like, a, its own category within Disney Plus, we'll see, because now that they own it 100%, they have freedom to do whatever they want with it, which is fine, it's their app, they can do whatever they feel like it, so, now we have the rollout for HBO Max, HBO Max, unlike Disney, is going there, they're making it known, yeah, we're going to have some adult stuff. And yes, it's going to be its own category. It's not going to be in the kids section. Just like Netflix has it. Where there's kids categories, adults categories. I'm pretty sure it's not parental locks. 
People are sleeping on HBO Max. People think, they just hear the word HBO Max, they're thinking, oh, it's going to be like HBO, but, you know, exclusive shows, so what else? No. Who owns HBO? Warner Brothers Studios. That right there says it all. We're talking the whole DC universe. So that DC app where all the shows like Titans and um, Doom Patrol and all of them are at are going to be into the HBO Max app. We're going to have the um, whole Looney Tunes library with the, even the offensively racist cartoons from back in the old days. Mind you, Disney has the same uh, uh, warning for their old... Um, uh, Mary Melody's cartoons as well so it's not all you know we all know what's up so it was a different era um, you have the Looney Tunes Adult Swim again Cartoon Network is owned by Time Warner I think actually no it's owned by Turner so I think Turner sold it to Warner Brothers if I'm correct so Turner Media is now under the Warner Brothers umbrella so anything Adult Swim related, like Rick and Morty, um, I guess all the Toonami stuff you can see. Um, of course, regular kids, Cartoon Network stuff like uh, Kids Next Door, Teen Titans, Ch uh, Chowder, um, Venture Time, all that jazz. A regular show. I mean, Adult Swim is huge. I mean, it's not even just Adult Swim, just also regular Cartoon Network. There's a lot of shows on Cartoon Network. They probably get reboots. Um, who's uh, who's? I don't know who's clamoring for another Johnny Bravo reboot, but we'll see if that actually happens. Or like, these are examples. Or you know, another Power. Well, Powerpuff Girls has a current resurgence, and it's pretty decent. I don't hate it. I think it's alright, especially for kids. It's a decent enough show. Um, but now we are in the categories of like, are they gonna like really revamp a lot of oldies? Because, yes, you're going to show all the kids' WB shows. You're going to show all the throwbacks of when we grew up. But also, you have... This is your platform. This is your property. You can make new shows, too. So, HBO Max is going to be the... Um, not the underdog. What's the word we're looking for? The black horse? No. The um, Trojan horse? Let's go with that. The Trojan horse. The um, underestimated one in this war. Because they're coming in hot. Remember, when it comes to media, nobody owns more media outside of Disney than Warner Brothers. And people forget that. Warner Brothers owns more than Disney. They're just a little bit more hush-hush about it and not so in your face about it. But they own a lot of stuff. So there's anybody who's going to give Disney Plus a run for their money. It's HBO Max. So we have HBO Max rolling out in 2020. Disney Plus, they just rolled out right before the holiday season. Uh, Amazon... We can't sleep on Amazon. Coming in hot because Amazon has a lot of award-winning movies and shows on it. They're really trying their best. I started watching Amazon shows when it started trending that a lot of the shows were really good to watch. Like Marvelous as Maisel, I just randomly clicked on it and fell in love with it. I love the character. I love who she is. And I can't wait for the next season. Um, the Tick, again, that's probably the first one I saw because that's the only thing I recognize at the time. But Amazon is not sleeping not they're not going down anytime soon they are building we're talking about um new ips or i believe they got the rights of lord of the rings see that's a missed opportunity for was it warner brothers who released the original lord of the rings movies 
I believe so, but it's going to be a, a Weta Peter Jackson project. They're going to make a Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth, not Lord of the Rings specifically, but the Middle Earth series. So it's an open world concept. It's going to be like Game of Thrones. They're trying to make their own Game of Thrones. That's great because we know Middle Earth. We know the orcs. We know the elves. We know the whole mythos of Mordor. Um, especially if you like played the games growing up too, like I did. So I can't wait for that. But don't sleep on The Witcher. They're gonna, that, that's the one thing Netflix is going to have people staying on their app for. The Witcher. They're confirming seven seasons with Henry Cavill as, the, uh, as Gerald. So that's going to be one of those top shows that I'm excited to see on Netflix. But So in my opinion, the whole point of the streaming app was to get rid of cable. But we've finally reached the point where there's enough stuff out there you're paying more than if you're paying for a cable. You're paying more money now for all these streaming apps, and it's become ridiculous and redundant. So, if, how do you pick and choose? Well, earlier I just gave you the example of all the shows to watch, and those those are just some. I mean, I didn't name any kids shows. I didn't name any like things specific. I just pointed out things that were big on each network. Witcher is going to be huge for Netflix. Um, Nickelodeon signed a deal with Netflix because. To compete with their competitor, Disney, because people forget Nickelodeon was a direct competitor with them in the 90s. They had to build strong too, and they don't want to... I don't know if Viacom doesn't want to make an app. Viacom doesn't really seem like they want to do an app, because they they could if they wanted to. You have enough properties. But apparently their South Park property is going to be shown on HBO Max. So I guess they're more like in the lines of, we're not competing, but we're still going to make money somehow. Um, but they're going to be lined up. All the Nickelodeon shows will be on Netflix, especially new Nickelodeon reboots of certain old characters like Invader Zim, Rugrats. Um, now I heard they're making a Squidward spinoff. That's going to be hilarious because I love Squidward uh, for Sponge, from SpongeBob. Um, who knows, maybe another Avatar show. That'd be pretty badass. Um, there's a lot of cool properties they can do. Um, it's It's the world is endless, and people forget Netflix is the second biggest consumer of, no, probably the third biggest consumer of anime licensed shows. Um, followed for, for number one being uh, Crunchyroll, number two being Funimation, or vice versa, I forget which one's on top now. So Netflix is right there behind them, actually invested billions in anime properties and manga properties to convert anime. For their networks alone, meaning the anime you see on Netflix coming out next few years are exclusive to the Netflix, you know, algorithm and network. It is not going to be on Funimation, Hulu, or uh, Crunchyroll or network TV. It is on their app. And me, as again, as a fan of anime, as a bit of a weeb, <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of anime on Netflix. And if you're that kind of person, why would you pay for? A Crunchyroll account or a Funimation account when you can have a Netflix account and have anime as well of as well as a regular live action shows and also series that you don't you know it's like you can have a little bit of everything and that's another thing I currently pay for a Funimation account for My Hero um, Fire Force there's a lot of anime I watch on Funimation um, but it's hard to keep up Fairy Tale I'm trying to finish up uh, Mob Cycle there's, there's a lot there's a lot. But again, I don't need Funimation because a lot of these shows were uh, shown on Hulu. So 
if I wanted to get rid of it to save a couple extra dollars, I could. So if I want to make a budget cut, I would probably get rid of Funimation first. Also because the algorithm pisses me off. I hate the fact that their servers always crash. And it's not just me. People say it all the time online that their servers are constantly crashing. They're not as strong as a Netflix bandwidths or um, or Amazon's or uh, Hulu's. Like None of these networks crash on me. I mean, granted, Disney Plus, because it's new, it does have its little bit of you know lag here and there, but it's not as severe as Funimation. I can't really binge watch anything on Funimation. It's annoying. I watch three episodes, which is less than an hour, and it, and it freezes on me and dies and crashes. So and that's on my PS4. I don't get the same issue on laptops or um, or my tablet, but I usually watch it on smart TV or on PS4 because of the size of the screen. Because I'm home, why would I not do that? It just makes more sense to see on a bigger screen. So we got ourselves a very expendable app there. And when HBO Max comes out, I'm gonna get rid of Funimation Network for one simple reason. HBO Max is going to have Crunchyroll. Enough said. If I want my anime fix, it is within HBO Max. I don't need to spend extra money. I can have live action, cartoons, and anime. HBO Max is going to be massive. And if you don't have it, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. I'm just saying get it, but just look at their lineup and you're going to be severely impressed because they have so much stuff on that one. And I think it's going to be the next big thing i'm getting so pissed off using the funimation app that i barely even use it i might as well save a few extra dollars and get rid of it right now there's gonna be expunging of certain apps you're gonna have to get rid of certain ones to make make uh ends meet for other ones because again you're trying to live a functional life a normal life you want to go outside have dinner you shouldn't have to choose between streaming at home all day or going out to an event you should be able to do both you should be able to go and have hang out with friends and stuff but also come home and just relax. But then again, I could just cut my cable bill. This is a personal problem. Everyone's got their own scenarios. I'm just trying to figure out what the average person is going to do. Do you have all the streaming apps? Do you need all the streaming apps? Do you only need a couple of them? You can get away with having uh, one or two and calling it a day. If you're a person that likes live TV, but doesn't really like because you like to keep up current shows on television. Because television is still a thing. We can't forget that, you know, baby boomer generation X are still, you know, with the use of television and, you know, watching your shows on Hulu to catch up with them. Because it's usually the other way around with millennials and Gen Zers, which have leaned more towards the modern streaming ways of watching television. Are all strictly streaming psych people. Whether it's YouTube Hulu, Netflix, or Crunchyroll, or Funimation, or Amazon, everyone I know is on streaming because they don't have time to schedule their day around a show. They schedule their shows around their days. People are living busier lives. They got to work multiple jobs to make ends meet, pay the bills, all that stuff. That's real life stuff right there. I get it. Uh, but so it's going to get tricky down the road. Like who's going to, who are you going to, who are you going to cut to make room for? Are you going to just try them all at once and like with the trial runs and just dip out and, you know, take it down that way? Because that could be a thing. You can literally just dip your toes in all of them or a couple at a time and try to see how much of it you use. But right now, if I were to delete one, believe it or not, it would most likely be Amazon. Because Amazon right now, I don't really watch many shows on there. 
and I'm not a big online shopper like I used to be. I thought I was, but as I get a little bit more financially fruit, a little bit more responsible with my finances, I don't want to spend money on frivolous things all the time. And I don't really, I'm not a homeowner, so I don't see the purpose of having an Amazon Prime account. I get it when you're a homeowner. There's a lot of things you can buy for the house. A lot of beautiful things for like home decor. Um, if you're also buying supplies, whether it's literally anything, groceries, because they have the Whole Foods thing with Amazon. Just from what I'm living my lifestyle right now, I don't need Amazon. If I were to get rid of any of them, I'd probably get rid of that and Funimation at the same time once HBO Max comes out. So that way I have literally a little bit of everything. I'll have HBO Max, Disney Plus, Netflix, and Hulu, of course, part of Disney Plus. And then I got ESPN also with my bundle. So that's having everything with not having to pay for everything. So it's great to see that there's, you know, ways to budget around things. But then again, Amazon is coming with the heat. They have a lot of great shows. And... They're coming up with more great shows, more great movies. They're not slacking at all, people. It's going to be super hard to decide. You're going to have to like make a list and see which ones have the most shows that you watch, not the shows that everyone else is watching, the stuff you log on for. Uh, people that like to watch The Office, The Office will be on the Peacock app. I forgot to talk about that. Not only was there... A, <laughs> do we have the... I call these the, the, the secondary apps, which is like your crunchy rolls, Funimation, your um, Verve app. Now we have the CBS app for Star Trek. And we have, well, not just Star Trek, but that's their main thing. Everyone who gets CBS, I don't know what it's called, all Axis or whatever, is usually getting it for the Star Trek shows and the Picard show spinoff. Um, but also there's other CBS shows on there as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think it is called All Axis. CBS All Access is a streaming app. Yep, that's what it is. That's another one. That one's a little more affordable. That's why I put in the secondary because it's not like $12 or $15. I believe it's under 10 bucks. So that one is more affordable and it has a lot of exclusive shows that are going to be on that. But now you have the Peacock app coming out, which is going to be nuts because that's the NBC version of, the, of their uh, streaming app. And that one's going to be something that's uh, going to roll out in 2020 as well. So if you are divulging your money in so many different ways, again, this is how cable is going to become king again. There's going to be too many options, and everyone's just going to like say, screw all these apps, I'm just going to pay for cable, it's all there. But these shows are not meant for cable. All of these shows do not have the you know same rating process as a TV network does. Because they can have a little more freedom of swearing or uh, tongue-in-cheek humor. There's no, like, definitive guide. Maybe they'll make guidelines. Maybe they'll make their own rating systems for these online streaming sites, whatever, down the line. Because they're all pretty new. To, these are all new apps. These are not... There's nothing established outside of a Netflix, Amazon, or a Hulu. So all these shows are all doing their own thing. And I think with Disney+, Plus, what they're doing with the rollout is a lot of their new shows are going to be rolled out at least once or twice a week an episode at a time instead of you binging the whole series because that kills their algorithm it kills their i don't want to say your ratings but it kills their way they do business they got to keep people logging in and if you give away a whole show most people will just watch the whole show in like one weekend you know it's, you gotta you gotta ch pick and choose what makes sense to you you gotta you gotta make sure that these uh 
these viewers come back on a daily basis. And with The Mandalorian, I'm glad that they air like what, a couple of days, not even a week, five, five days apart. That's more than enough time to, you know, watch and rewatch the previous episode without having to like have to binge the whole season at once. That's another thing. You, some people feel forced that they have to binge a show because people online and social media are going to ruin it for them. So they have to watch everything at once. If not, your buddies are going to, your coworkers are going to pretty much give you, give all the spoilers and you're caught in the middle of like, oh, damn, I didn't get that far. You know, like nobody likes to feel left behind. I think they call this Mercer, oh, no, Mercer what the hell am I saying? They call this uh, FOMA, fear of uh, missing out. And uh, I get it. I so get it. Everyone wants to be caught up with the pop culture of the shows they watch and have something to talk around the, the water cooler. I, I completely get it. So it's going to be great when Disney Plus slowly airs out their shows bit at a time instead of airing them out all at once so that everyone's on this. Like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. These shows were all event shows where everyone focused on that one episode and talked about it for a whole week on their Twitter, Facebook feeds, and, you know, um, not so much their Instagram, but, you know, those are the, or even just texting in the group chats, and everyone's caught up, you know, it's like, oh, I can catch up with one episode, that's not a big deal, versus, I'm going to catch up with a whole series in one night, that's not a big deal, yeah, right, that's a huge deal, that's ridiculous, you know, it's like, there's a lot of things to watch, and a lot of choices, but it really comes down to what you want to see, I don't want to see everything on the app, like, I'm not getting the Apple app, even though it's only five bucks, no thank you. I don't need it right now. There's just so much going on in my list of things. I don't need the Peacock, Peacock app. I don't need the CBS All Access. I don't need BET's Plus. I'm like, what in the world? Even BET's got a channel? Like, they got their own app? Like, I used to be a huge BET viewer before it got sold to the new president. And there was a lot of shows I used to watch back then. But I haven't watched recent things on that network at all. Like, I barely watch Comedy Central. I think Comedy Central kind of died in my eyes because a lot of the stand-up I watch is on Netflix. I watch a lot of stand-up stuff on there, so it's kind of like, you know, why do I even care about that network anymore? It's ridiculous how much stuff is out there, and we're all talking about different shows and have everyone has different tastes. I geared towards more of the action-oriented things, adventure-oriented, fantasy-oriented. Those are the shows that I like to watch. But I also like my crime dramas. I like uh, romantic comedies. I like, you know, just things that make me think, whether it's a nature show, a documentary. So balancing out your bills and trying to figure out how much entertainment you're going to absorb in a week is a task on its own. And everyone's got to figure out what works for them. Because at the end of the day, sometimes the easiest option is the most, uh, <laughs> most obvious, which is just stick to cable. <laughs> It has everything there. You don't have to pay extra bills. You don't have to worry about your bank account slowly seeping out. Because these things will add up quickly. And it's going to get ridiculous. But I hope everyone has fun in, in choosing whatever app they're looking at. Whether it's a gig and sundry. Whether it's... Uh, there's so many apps out there. It's ridiculous. I keep saying the same ones over. So I'm like trying to name a couple other ones out there. And it's hard. It really is hard to stay up with current media but this is the best time for actors i will say being an actor now it's like everyone's gonna get work and that's great for the industry that people are gonna get work because there's so many shows out there and they're not gonna all have the same actors so it's great to see a lot of 
unknown actors getting jobs and everyone in the industry production wise getting jobs so that you know it's a it's profitable for everyone everyone is working in this economy and it's blossoming all i know is that this is the most litty time to watch television because there's just so much out there i don't even know where to start like dead ass i'm like caught between this that oh my gosh my friends and i were all like in the group chat talking about it like which ones are worth keeping which are gonna get rid of a lot of them have kids disney plus makes sense but guess what hbo max might also make sense financially. Get rid of your Netflix and just stick with that because it's going to have your kid stuff and your adult stuff. You know, it is what it is. Or maybe Amazon is the way to go because they have certain properties that are just on that. They just stand out to them. And also, they probably online shop. It's like you got to pick and choose which ones because end of the day, if you get them all, you're going to end up broke. <laughs> Unless you can afford it, it is what it is. But it's just way too much media to consume. And I know this is a media podcast, so it's great that I get to talk about all this, but I can't review everything. I have a life. I have other things going on besides podcasting. I have a job. I have, you know, a social life. And I want to review the biggest things out there as far as series, movies, shows of any kind, but I can't review everything. So whatever show is what I have in my disposal and i think for as a reviewer i it, it stinks to have all these apps because i'm not i'm not sponsored by anyone this is me this is just a guy in a room recording amongst you know by himself with no crew i can't afford every app cable service uh you know and watch every sport live it's wild man i mean i have a bleacher report but that's a free app now i got an espn plus app just because it's like I can't watch every sport live at once. It's like I got to pick and choose what is more important to me. And some days I don't turn the TV on at all. Believe it or not, I have books. I like to read. I'm an artist. I like to draw. A lot of the art you see on my on my podcast covers, that's all me. I don't have an outside uh, graphic designer. I am a graphic designer. And it's hard to juggle being my own graphic designer, my own editor, my own on voice. As you can see how raspy I sound on voice um personality it's it's a it's a juggling act already and then to try to enjoy what i'm watching while trying to analyze it for my notes it's a tough task but someone's gonna do it so i will definitely show you the best of the best of what i have accessible and i will post movies well mainly movies is the one great uh even equalizer i could say because Everyone can go to a movie, and that's great. When it comes to TVs and all that, TV shows and all that, it's more selective. Unless it's on, you know, regular network television. So I will definitely review regular network TV shows all the time. But as far as exclusives to certain apps, that's going to get tough. Because I'm going to pick and choose what apps I like because of what I like. And if I don't have access to it, I'm not going to review it because it just... You know, I'm not going to spend extra money to review one show just because of one show on one app. I'm going to make sure that I pick and choose the ones that work for me and my demographic and people that view my podcast globally and what they're geared to. And movies for me has been the saving grace because I love movies. I love going to the movie theater. And again, everyone can go to a movie theater. You're not tied down to a 
monthly subscription to go to the movie theater he, as of yet, unless you have that AMC um, A-list or whatever, but that's a different story. But it's great to know that there's so many options out there that are economically more affordable so that you don't have to spend two to $300 on a cable bill monthly. You could just have standard internet and a couple apps and call it a day. You could just have cable because that could be the most economical choice for the end of the day. So whatever works for you is whatever works for you. But this is the end of my podcast because I'm running out of breath. I'm still recovering from my cold. And uh, my voice is getting pretty raspy. So y'all decide what apps to check out. And uh, we'll talk about what we can talk about. This is going to be a fun experience. I don't know where the future holds for streaming. Whether it's all going to just blow up in everyone's face and we go back to cable We'll see, but if it actually comes down to the survival of the fittest, the fittest will survive and the weak will deplete and die. So eventually waiting it out might be the best idea for a lot of people until we see what is blossoming and what's worth getting. Or again, there's a lot of free trials. Try them out. There's no obligation, right? Try it out. Anyways, this has been the first installment of the Streaming Wars. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great one.